Hey, it's Marthea Pitts. Welcome to my podcast where I talk about all things mission-driven work. As a three-time award-winning workforce development career counselor, I am on a mission to help more professionals like you get into good quality, good paying jobs that align with your personal and professional areas of interest. Here on my podcast, I share stories about my career journey, interview rising and well-established change makers, and provide tangible strategies and techniques to increase your career confidence and clarity to create the career you dream about. Be sure to take a few minutes to follow my podcast and visit my website at macroandpaid.com to grab my free e-course and connect with me on Instagram at the underscore MSW coach. Now stay tuned because this is going to be a good episode. Hey, it's Marthea Pitts, the MSW coach, and I am going live to share three strategies to network when you don't have a network. So let me pin a comment. Um, hey, 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 how you doing? As you come in, drop in the chat and tell me where you are logging in from. Today, we are going to be talking about how to network when you say you don't have a network, right? Because many people say like, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody in a high-ranking position. Oh, good morning. Drop in the chat and tell me where you're logging in from today. Oh, Ohio. Okay, Michelle. I see you. I see you. Um, I'm in Florida. Let me tell you who I am as I... Um, hear my comment but as you come in drop in the chat and tell me where you're logging in from we already have somebody from ohio someone said there's somewhere where it's morning so i'm sure that is another country um okay india houston des moines iowa the metro area i love that be clear and specific they're not any other area but the metro area i love it um i'm in florida in uh florida we have north carolina in the building okay north carolina i love you i love it so we're going to talk about um networking right because i shared a reel late last night about how to network when you don't have a network and let me tell you why i recently did a workshop where um i was talking to social workers about how to create an action plan right it was a it, the, the whole workshop the sole purpose of it was to help social workers create an immediate action plan to get into better social work jobs right because many of you are burnt out your past burnt out you're crispy like i always say many of you are severely underpaid undervalued in Lots of social workers, apparently, from the, the workshops I've had over the last several months are quitting their jobs. So I had a whole workshop um, the weekend before last around action planning, which is a very critical piece to creating your career plan, right? It's the plan of action. So we're all social workers here. Think about like the service plan that you have for your participants, right? They come in, you do your initial assessment, you figure out what are you all gonna be working on together in this partnership. You create your SMART goals, you create timelines and, and measurable outcomes. That's the same type of thing you need in your career, 
right? Um, and so I had a whole workshop to teach social workers how to do that. And the main takeaway was that we want to create a three-step action plan to get them to their first short-term career goal, right? And so these career goals were goals that did not require two to five years of schooling, a certification, I need to be volunteering for five years. You know, all of the things y'all typically say before you can go get the job that you want. These are the things you say you need, but you really don't. So in that workshop, I learned a lot about, again, I heard the same stories about social workers being beyond burnt out. Um, quite a few had already left their jobs. They're not working. They're taking what I call career sabbaticals, but they basically were explaining that they're in between jobs. And I've been thinking a lot about that ever since we left that workshop about how I could better help social workers right where they are, right? Because Yes, you all know me as the MSW coach. I help social workers get into macro jobs, all of the things. But I also want to help you all create some short-term career plans to get into places of safety, places where you can begin dreaming bigger and bolder about your social work careers. Because we all know when you are burned out, when you're overworked, when you're underpaid, when you're pissed off every day, right? You wake up mad, pissed off that you got to go to that case ministry job. I know because I've been there. You don't have time or room to breathe. One, because you're too tired. Two, because you're too mad all of the time. You can't even think about better. You can't even think about dreaming bigger, right? Because a lot of you feel as though that you have made some bad choices with your degree choice. Like, why did I get this degree? Many people are romanticizing about going into tech and other fields. And I'm like, no, you can use your MSW degree. You can get into a place where you can at least have some level of job satisfaction, right? So I say all that to say that last night I shared a reel where I shared three strategies, right? To immediately use right now wherever you are to find another job, right? And that is through your network. And I know you all hear that a lot from other social workers in the social work streets, network, network. They tell you all to volunteer, unpaid, and all of these things. The strategies that I shared are realistic because many of you, this is the same place where I was as a case manager. I was like, I don't know anybody that knows anybody. I don't know anybody that has high ranking positions, all of the things. And it wasn't until I started casually talking to my friends, my coworkers about my plans for my career. Like at that time, one of my plans was I wanted to work in higher ed. So I just was casually telling them about the thing. Next thing I know, like I'm connected with someone who knows someone and I'm teaching in higher ed, right? That was the one job that I got based off of my network and tapping into it. And it was my first time ever doing it, right? And so I shared these strategies. I want to share these three strategies tonight. So take out your pen, paper, and note taking advice, right? Because these work if you do it and if you are committed to it. Because I know social capital, social capital access to a network is a real equity issue. I do work about around that on a national level about the fact that people don't have access to networks and people to mentor, guide them, all of the things. But I want to give you three strategies, right? Even when you don't have a network, even when you live in a small rural town, even when you only know case managers, I'm going to give you three strategies. So let me read the comments while you're getting your pen, paper, and note-taking advice, and we're going to get into these three strategies because I want y'all to use one of them tomorrow, 
We in co we're coaching. So she's coaching. That means you have homework. So take out your pen and paper. No taking advice. Let's see. Alexa just started a new job yesterday after a burnout break. See, Alexa just got back from her burnout break. Alexa, I hope you are doing well. I wish you nothing but good, good, good things in your new position. Please prioritize yourself. Um, K8. Do the goals sometimes mean you need to go backward to go forward? No. Mm -mm. For example, take a pay cut to move into a new industry, i.e. corporate setting. I don't recommend that, right? Again, that is another myth that floats around on the social work streets. Like if you need supervisory experience, take a demotion, go do a thing. Um, I don't teach my paid career coaching clients that. I teach them strategic ways to transition and pivot into the new jobs that they're interested in. Um, but no, I don't suggest that. And when I help people career plan, I that's not something that I'll be like, yeah, do that. No, we, we're not doing that. Um, okay, so let's get into it. Drop Well, first, drop a one if you have been working as a social worker less than five years. This is so I know who's in the room and how to formulate my question, my, my examples. Drop a one if you have been in the field of social work, less than five years. Drop a two if you have been in the profession of social work more than five years. One, less than five, two, more than five. Okay, one, young, one, K8. Who else is in the room? When you tell me who you are, it helps me better help you. Lena, two. S three two three two. Okay. All right. Okay. So we'll go with those. So it's half and half. Okay. Somebody else just said a two. Okay. Good. That helps me understand. Okay. So strategy one is hold on to your seat because I know you all are social workers and this will be these will be things that you are not used to doing, right? <laughs> Asking people for help. So hold on to your seat, listen to the strategy first, and then we're going to talk through it, okay? So strategy one, get your personal cell phone, type up a two to three, two to three sentence test, not even three sentences, more like two sentences in your own words. It doesn't have to be super professional, just how you talk to the people, right? Keep it plain, keep it simple. That's my rule of thumb. Um, type a two to three sentence text saying i am actively looking for a new job by any chance do you have any connections or know of any open opportunities something along those lines and then you're going to hit send hold on to your seat to all of the people in your cell phone contact list we're not cherry picking. We're not saying, oh, no, my mom, my, my cousin-in-law, they, they don't know anyone, so I'm not going to send it to them. Oh, no, I'm not going to send it to Jerry, who's, ever, who's the plump. We don't know who knows who, right? That's the biggest thing when it comes to tapping into a network when you don't have a network. You don't know who knows who. So if you go into this strategy trying to cherry pick, who you think is connected and who you think is not connected, you are limiting the possibilities of the outcomes that could come from this strategy, right? 
Drop a one in the chat if that was clear. Drop a two if you need another example. I'm very big on examples. I'll give you another one. A one in the chat if that was clear. A two if it could be better. Okay, Katina. Your name is Katina. Thank you so much for that. Okay, one. I have one, one. If I get a two, I'll give you an example. Okay, one. I love it. So, the first strategy tomorrow, craft a two to three sentence text and send it to all of the contacts in your phone. Group text them. It's okay. It's okay because, yes, text all of the people in your phone. Yes. Even the people that you really don't talk to like that. Send them the text. Right? The same way they pick up the phone and call you when they're like, oh, hey, my neighbor is having an issue. I know you're you're not at work. But by any chance, do you know of any community programs that help with blah, blah, blah? Right? Just like they pick up the phone to call you when you're not at work. You're going to use your phone to now ask for something. Right? Because relationships should be transactional, reciprocal, whatever term you want to use. Right? It should be a two-way street. Okay, <laughs> I see y'all laughing. Yeah, just like they call y'all, we gonna call on them. So that's strategy one. Strategy two, I want you, when you get to work, okay, but like before you start your day, maybe get to work 15 minutes before time to clock in if you don't have like built-in admin time in the beginning of your work day, which you should always have the first hour of your day as admin, as case management one-on-one. That was one of my strategies to use. But anyway, I want you to then create a list, a short list of five to 10 case managers that you know at other organizations. Five to 10, you know five, right? When you're, you're your participants or your clients or your patients or your students, whomever you serve, whatever population that is, when they're having an issue, and they needed emergency referral, or you wanted to call in one of those favors, you all know those favors that we all have to, I used to do it in my case management days. When my participants were in the wrong now and they missed their recertification deadline for their childcare referrals, I had certain um, case managers, telephone numbers on speed dial, or I had the special email address, right? To say, hey, call me. <laughs> we all have that. Right, So I want you to think about five to 10 case managers that you know that you have a good rapport with, who you know. And when I say rapport, it does not have to be a friendly like rapport, like you know them as friends. Y'all hang out on the weekend and drink tea. These are working relationships. Make a short list, five to 10 of them. And then I want you to either contact them by phone or contact them in person. A lot of y'all have to do community outreach where you go to their organizations on a weekly basis, maybe every day. When you're there, you're going to just tap on their door. Hey, do you have a minute? Can I talk to you? And then you tell them, like, I'm actively, like, just trying to put my feelers out to see if any organizations are hiring. Do you know about any available positions at your organization or any other organizations that you know of that you could either tell me about or put a good word in for me? Again, we are not cherry picking. We are not trying to be the all-knowing humans to say, Debbie at the child care center, the child care um, certification place, she doesn't know anyone. That is not your job. 
If you start doing that, you have gone too far. You are in the weeds. Come out of the weeds. So we're going to create a short list, five to 10 case managers. And you're going to either call them, you're going to visit them in person, right? And Or maybe if you see them outside of their own organization, maybe you all are at like a community meeting where they'll be there. You know, when you go to those those monthly meetings at a host agency and all of the organizations in your city are there, that is the perfect time to tap into a network, right? Have your five to 10 people queued up on your list and you make your rounds to all 10 of the people and tell them the thing and ask the questions, right? So that's a way to find jobs that without like doing the whole job searching thing and monitoring and and all of the things you're tapping into your network okay let's see where we are i can do this one i love this this is a great idea i love it s32 so drop a one in the chat if you're clear about strategy two i know s32 is drop a one if you're clear about strategy two about creating a short list of five to ten case managers that you know that you have a great working relationship or rapport with I don't care if you talk to them one time a month. You still are like, when I call there, I talk to case manager A. I don't want to talk to case manager C. <laughs> you you know those people. Okay, so I see some ones. Um, young. I got my social work degree in community organizer, so I haven't done much case management. I'm happy for it. I can guess how I can apply what you're saying. Yes, it's take out, you're going, let's come out of the weeds. Take out case manager and put coworkers. Former co-workers, former liaisons, point of contacts at the organizations you partner with in that position, right? So even if it, and thank you for that reminder because there are non-social workers who follow me. So even if you're not a social worker, insert former co-workers, former colleagues, former partner, partners, right? Stakeholders. I love you. Okay. Sophia. I love, okay, Sophia. <laughs> I ain't know if you wanted me to say your name. <laughs> I hope things are going good. Okay, strategy number three. Tell former supervisors you, you are looking for a job. So, hold on to your seat again. I'm not saying go tell your current supervisor. I will never tell you to do that because I know that many of you work in toxic work environments. Now, if you have a supervisor, let's let's stay focused on the current supervisor. If you have a current supervisor who's very supportive of you and you you trust them and you have a great working relationship, then use your discretion and do that. But I would never tell you to tell your supervisor because I just don't operate like that. Like, I don't believe in showing your hand before it's like dealt. I don't even play cards, but I always use that analogy. I don't even know if I said it right. So I would never tell you to do that. But you have your former supervisors, right? That you, many of you still talk to. You may be partner with them on certain projects. You may be volunteer with them. 
Because you know y'all love y'all love to volunteer, even though your time is very limited. So you may even volunteer with them for special projects, even though you no longer work in their unit or even work for that organization. It's time to call in the favors. It's time to call in all of the years and the months that you were the top performer in your unit and you made them look good. It's time to call in the favors. It's time to call in the favors from when you were running their reports, when you knew that was their job, but they asked you to do it, it's time to call in the favor. This is your network. Again, just like with the contacts, they call you, your former supervisors asked a lot of you as well, and you gave, right? You stayed late, you came in early, you volunteered on the weekend, you maybe, maybe hosted like a team builder. When that was her response, their responsibility, he or she responsibility, it's time to call in the favor. So I want you to think about, and I'm not going to give you a max number on this one, but really think about all of the supervisors you've had in the past. And this can be in social work case management jobs or non-social work case management jobs. Again, because we don't know who knows who. Okay, so what I want you to do is to identify, I would say at least one former supervisor. And I'll give you a story. Back in my case management, in my, excuse me, in my call center days, before even going back to school to get my AA degree, way before deciding to become a social worker, I worked in call centers in state government. I have a supervisor. To this day, we are friends on Facebook. We're connected. But even back then, when I was actively trying to make the pivot out of call centers, because I was stuck. For a long time because I didn't have a degree. That's how I got really good at getting jobs, right? Because I had to get out of that pigeonhole of being in call centers, which is very hard to escape that. Um, but I would call my former supervisor because I was a top performer on her unit. I enjoyed working with her. I trusted her. We had a great rapport, right? It was all professional. And so I would call her and I, or I would email her was like i'm actively looking for a job i just want to let you know um and then i think i called her the very first time was like can i put you down as an ongoing reference right and then years after that even to this day like if i need a reference which i i haven't needed references in years since going macro but if i needed a reference i know i can call her I know I can put her down just in case I needed someone. So think about that. Do you, maybe you have a supervisor from back in the day before becoming a social worker that you're really still cool with. It's now time to call them and let them know what you need. Because a lot of you are sitting and suffering in silence because no one knows you need help with the thing. So again, this is how you begin to tap into a network even when you don't have a network. So I want you to identify one former supervisor, call them, go visit them, message them, not from your work email, of course. Maybe send them an email from your private email to their private email and let them know that you are actively looking and you just wanted to touch base to see if they knew of any opportunities. And then also if they would be willing to serve as a reference on an ongoing basis for you. So it's gonna be two reasons why you're contacting them, right? Because we are career planning. We're thinking about once you get the job, you're gonna need a reference, right? Especially if you're in a toxic work environment and you don't trust that your, your current employer will give you a good reference, go ahead and ask for all of the things that you need now with this, with this supervisor that you like, 
okay so drop a one in the chat if that was clear a two if you need to explain it a different way about identifying at least one former supervisor Kate um, even if they are from many years ago they can still be a reference yes yeah they could be from your from a fast food restaurant in high school Unless an employer tells you there's a specific stipulation on a reference, yes, they can be. All right, Kate, you're going in the weeds. Don't go that far. Just identify one supervisor, ask them to be the reference. But yeah, you can use the old supervisors. That's fine. It could be 10 years ago. They still were a supervisor, right? So unless you specifically are filling out an application where it says we only want supervisors who are 10 years or recent, then you wouldn't put them. But I've never seen that in my 20 plus years. I've seen stipulations of give us three references, right? That, that could be, when they say just give us three references, that means that could be a colleague. It could be me and I don't even know you, right? But if it says we need three supervisors, three leaders who were over your direct position, then put a supervisor. Yeah, it was a great question. I'm also, I'm in a lot of um, groups, right? And I was in, I'm in this group for K through 12 educators. This is how I stay abreast of the workforce, like the job market, what's going on. And that's another thing. A lot of y'all think it's just social work, but it's a lot, it's a lot of professions that experience the same thing that we're experiencing. So I was in a, um, a Facebook group for K through 12 educators, and there was a question from a hiring manager about the fact that she wanted to extend the offer of employment to someone. Um, but one of the three references that the person that they called for the person gave a bad reference, right? But the other two gave stellar references. And um, the person went on to explain how the third person was their current school principal, but that the job seeker didn't put them down as a reference, right? And they were like, how should, how should I proceed? So my clarifying question was because the way it was written, one would assume that the career, the job seeker, the applicant was trying to be deceptive. So my question back was, what was the instructions that you provided to the, the applicants in regards to the qualifications of a reference? Did you specify that they had to be a school principal? And the person was like, no, I didn't. But I explained to them once they provided the three that per the district policy guidelines, they had to speak to the current principal over the person, right? So then again, I'm sharing all that because if there's specific stipulations on years, it can't be more than 10, can't be more than 12, they will tell you those things, right? But come to find, but what I ended up telling the person from a professional standpoint, I was like, retaliation is real. Right, that's going back to what I said earlier. Like, I would never encourage someone to go and tell their current supervisor what they're doing. You would need to gauge that. I would never say do that. You would need to use your own discretion. Okay, great question. So Sophia said, "Great question." To um, Kate, Kate said, "Okay, okay." Laughing emoji. Yes, Kate, I, I will say that in a minute when you're going too far in the weeds, because I don't want y'all to overthink it. When you start overthinking it, that's when you don't take action. 
we we just gonna do the thing right um young wish i could stay on but gotta go to sleep okay have a good night thanks for this you're welcome um so we have our three strategies right so drop in the chat for me what give me at least one all right because i know for many of you you may have to ease into this give me at least one strategy that you're going to use tomorrow drop it in the chat so i know how to hold you accountable one strategy that you're going to do tomorrow okay sophia says she's going to do number two she's going to make the list of the case managers i love it sophia one, two, or three. One is the phone contacts, sending a I need a job text to all of the phone contacts. Two is the list of the case managers. And three is the former supervisor. Okay, Kate says, text my phone contacts. I love it, Kate. I love it. So, um, again, for whoever is watching, whoever catches the replay, this is what you should do if you are like past burnt out and need a job ASAP. That's why I'm sharing these strategies. Because when you are burnt out, you can't think about filling out multiple applications and writing cover letters and going to series of interviews. You need to find a quick solution to stop the bleeding. That's why I'm sharing these strategies. And this is a quick way to do that by tapping into your network. Because a lot of the times there are positions that never make it to job boards, right? There are positions that only people inside an organization know of. So if you make it plain and clear that you're actively seeking something, you never know what you may run up on. Okay? So I'm glad that you all found these helpful. I'm glad that at least two people committed to taking action. And um, I'm sure Young will catch the replay when she wakes up tomorrow. But I wanted to share those again so you all can get some quick wins to get out of the jobs that you don't like. Also, I want to let you know that I recent I just announced it on Monday, Tuesday. I don't know what day. Monday. Today is Tuesday. <laughs> on Monday that I'm opening a community, a mentorship community. If you found these strategies helpful, especially once you try them and you start getting results, I already see where people are using them based on the post that I made yesterday. But once you start using the strategies, if you find these types of things helpful, then you should strongly consider to come inside of my new mentorship community. This community is specifically for aspiring change makers people who want to get out of case management but need support in doing that and the membership is only $25 a month that's it $25 a month and we're going to meet once a week there is a link in the bio to join the wait list because it will open up in December so I encourage you to click the link in the bio and join the wait list so I can send you an email notification of when it will open Quite a few social workers have already joined the wait list just from me making, I think, two posts. I think I made one of my stories and one on my feed. Quite a few. I think I'm at like 15, something like that. And I think I'm going to um, cap the first number of enrolled people that enrolled to like 20 just so we can get it off the ground. So if you are interested in coming inside of the new mentorship community and understand there's a difference between mentorship and career coaching. This community is good for you if you are like struggling with your ability to like figure out what moves you should make immediately in your social work career to like get to a place where you can maybe make a couple hundred dollars more or maybe get a better work schedule or just get out of a toxic work environment. 
this is the group for you. If you are struggling with like your confidence and being seen and heard and like really taking charge of your career, this will be the community for you. Right? All of the things. If you have ever if you've ever been like, oh, I think I want to be a macro social worker, but I don't feel ready, <laughs> this is the community for you. Okay? And it's $25 a month. If you ever looked at my big Group career coaching program is way higher than that. Okay, Sophia says she coming. Okay, Sophia, love this. Thanks, Marthea. I'll be joining. I love it, Sophia. It'll be good. It's gonna be good. It's really for. It's really designed for people who want to work on the confidence piece and work on all of the other things that I named, right? And it's gonna be like a slow down version of a lot of the confidence building talks and all of the things that I do inside of my full group career coaching program. I'm really going to go back to step one, like all of the things I started doing the year or two before I even pivoted to my first macro job. Because if you've ever heard me talk about it or even on my podcast, I told you all, it was a while. Like I was started going to Toastmasters to work on my public speaking. I did a lot of strategic things before I even felt ready to hit apply on a job application. So this community will be focused on taking you all through those strategic steps to build the inner and outer confidence, the professional brand that you need. But more than that, to get you some instant relief out of these jobs that you are just miserable 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 in right so again that's going to be opening in december we are already planning the link is in the bio for the wait list is only 25 dollars a month all right y'all so you got homework I'm, i think i'm i want to know so like at some point drop me a message about how the homework went kate i'm interested oh wow this is for me yes kate click the link in the bio as soon as we get off of this live and join the wait list all i need is your email address and it will be the end of the week i'll send you some information when enrollment opens um it's gonna be good it's gonna be good all right y'all do the homework do the homework Happy macro career planning. Bye.